Greetings, ladies and mendigants, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one. Humans are a weed. Written by Ice Cold Popsicles. There is a form of life on Earth the humans call a weeds. They use the term for plants that grow when no one expects or desires them. Earth weeds do not solely invade well-tended gardens and fields like ours do. They'll grow in the middle of a superhighway if that's where their seeds have landed. They do not recognize that their situation is hopeless. They simply took root and grow. One can keep them at a pay for a time, but the efforts falter. Even for a short period, the weeds will prevail. That is their nature. The weeds do not care that they are not desired. They do not care how many of them are ripped out from the ground. They will colonize any crack left open to them, and in doing so, they will make that crack into a fissure. The fissure will grow into a fracture, and then that fracture will turn into a crevice, and soon enough, that crevice will join others and disintegrate all that existed there before. The weeds seem to be unprotected, vulnerable. The gardener can rip them out all on the ground and burn them in a giant pyre. He can do that every day of his life if he will but bend down and rip them out. But the weeds are not so easily defeated. They will grow back every day until the back of the gardener is stiffened by passing years. One day the gardener will breathe his last breath and he will be buried in the ground like this custom amongst humans. But the weeds, the weeds will go on growing. They'll grow on his grave. Perhaps if we had studied the weeds, we would have known not to colonize Earth. We could have burned it in a great pyre, but at the time, our empire was expanding faster and further than any other in the history of the galaxy. We needed slaves. We had conquered races older, wiser, and stronger than humans without challenge. How could we have known? The Book of the Warriors says, Discern your foe if you yearn for triumph. Dismiss him if you yearn for defeat. I used to think I understood those words. Before attacking a new planet, I made a great show of learning their language, their customs, their religions, tactics, history, and I even studied the food. I was proclaimed an officer in the Imperial Navy back then, on the rise, and oh, so proud of myself. Discerned, not understand, not judge, not evaluate, discern. The ancients understood that what you fail to see is usually what does you in. I understand those words now, but I'm much too old to do anything about it. How ironic. I studied their art. I should have studied the weeds. We colonized the humans like we had done to so many before them. It was barely an afterthought for the Imperial Navy. The humans surrendered, and as soon as we informed them that it was an option... They agreed to all our terms. They let us take as many slaves as we wanted. Hell, they even put down an uprising on the planet themselves. Soon enough, human slaves had become all the rage in the Empire. They cooked well, they danced well, they frecked well, they flattered well, and they had a talent for the arts. What's not to like? 
Humans had no rights, no protections. Some killed them for amusement. Some even ate a few, but that didn't stop them from serving us. Humans are clever, clever like cancer. The master is a wonderful idiot. Lend him your wits. The master is a narcissist fool. Flatter him. The master is strong and honest. Respect him. Like weeds growing in the cracks, probing for weaknesses, exploiting it where they find it, leaving the rest for later. Before humans, the empire had a few smugglers, a few drug users. No one worried much about it. It was widely regarded as a form of suicide. From time to time, a merchant poor and desperate enough transported illegal substances. What of it? He got caught or he didn't. If he got caught, he died. If he didn't, he profited for a short while. Nobody cared. Fifty years after we colonized, our drugs became more readily available than painkillers on most central planets of the Empire. Measures were taken, of course. Humans purged, collaborators executed, cities placed under martial law. Acid seized, ships impounded, trade lanes policed. Each time we took a more drastic action, the price soared and the human smugglers made even more money. I remember the purge on Salentus V. I was there to supervise the blockade while the Imperial Armada smeared the streets red and blue with blood. The Imperials and the humans alike. Salentus V was a core planet. I'd never expected to see such carnage on a core planet. And yet, we did what we had to. Until there came the light of the governor on Salentus V, who had petitioned the emperor for a purge in the first place, was in league with the humans selling the diamond sand all along. They'd used the imperial navy to make a quick cred. After that, their navy refused to get involved in drug erudition operations any longer. A century after colonizing Earth, the number of humans in the galaxy had exploded. Most species lost ground after being enslaved and colonized. Some went extinct from the misery and terror. Not so for the humans. Hell, they flourished. They were a little less than ten billion humans on our count when we took their world. A century later, the human population in the Empire was estimated to over a hundred billion individuals. I couldn't give you a precise number because, well, humans... Humans specialize in solving the problems they cause themselves too. I always thought that was a neat trick that they pulled. When an emperor, Meridian, dictated on my advice that half of the humans be eradicated to slow down their population growth, most provincial governors turned to private companies to dirty work and the Imperial Navy would not do. But the private companies hired the cheapest mercenaries and those turned out to be human mercenaries more often than not. By the time it was over, less than 10 billion humans had died, but the humans somehow found themselves armed to the teeth with the most advanced imperial small arms and frigates, and, what's worse, armed with great quantities of money. Humans are very decent with a Gaul's rifle, but they are terrifying with money and words. They have a thousand words for their craft, lobbying, concessions raising, activism, social action, petitioning, appealing, promotion, demonstrating, advertising, public relations, outlaw one, and they'll throw a term away like an empty shell and continue undaunted under a new denomination. Corruption is what it really is. Sabotage. Humans have a term. It is both a verb and a noun. It is a concept that they glorify. Compromise, they call it. It means to agree with one's adversary, but the term has an alternate meaning. 
to diminish the integrity of a whole. That is no accident. That is what humans do. They compromise everything and everyone. They are like water, taking the path of least resistance, yielding at the lightest touch, and yet, when enough water has accumulated, it'll drown what it cannot carve out. Some tried to resist them, of course. Those the humans could not buy, they broke, and those they could not break, they smeared, and those they couldn't buy, break, or smear someone, they simply outnumbered them. Less than two centuries after being integrated into the empire, humans had full rights as citizens. Human bondage was outlaw, Earth was granted freedom as a gift from the imperial seat to the human race. A medical program was even launched to extend the human lifespan, as it was done for my own race centuries ago. And the human language became the official language of the empire. Our children learn it in school. The Emperor Zellerus III is a very different ruler than those who have come before him, and whom I have served proudly. He is not strong, or smart, or agile. He did not merit the throne, but he wanted the throne all the same, and the humans... The humans gave it to him. They made sure that the bright, the strong candidates were pushed aside, or killed, or somehow disgraced. That is how humans operate. They empower the weak and leverage the stupid. They are as corrosive as they are clever. As I write these lines in my memoirs, I know they will be never be published. Hate speech, they'll call it, not to mention treason. I will be arrested, my work will be destroyed, and the new generation of Xandal will cheer as the humans impose their will upon us. How could we have known? From space, it looked like a defenseless little race, but it wasn't. It was a weed. End of story. Story number two. They did what? Written by Intellectual Golf. Working as a librarian, Talia Demophis interacted quite often with alien lifeforms who wanted to better understanding of humanity. This meant that she answered a lot of questions about the strange things humans had done throughout history. Today, a giblin approached the desk holding a record disc. Giblins were shaped like large slugs with appendages that resembled tentacles. Their uh, face looked like someone had put the pieces from a Mr. Potato Head in a slimy mass. The giblin set the record disc on the desk receptacle, which conveniently removed the slime as they used to better grasp things. The giblin's eye stalks rose out of the top of its head and focused on her, and then it began screeching. The Giblins had developed an auditory defense mechanism which could incapacitate any predators possessing auditory membranes, and then they had developed this high-pitched sound into a language. Thankfully, her neural net interface, NNI, took care of the screeching and translated it into an approximate human speech. I do not understand this record. It was looking for non-fiction human behavior and the home planet of Sol. This must have been mislabeled. Talia sighed internally. She must have heard similar statements from alien species at least five times a day. She looked at the record label and recognized it as a record of humanity's reality television from the time before the exodus. The record is in the right place. This is a recording of a reality TV show from the third millennia in Soul Reckoning. The slug-like giblin's eyes stalks retracted almost entirely into its head and then began extending and retracting in rapid cadence. Dahlia had learned this was a sign of distress amongst the Giblins. It started screeching louder than before. This can't possibly be a historical record. What the humans in this record do is suicidal. I assure you, it is accurate. 
I had stories of the recklessness of the humans, but this is surely propaganda. No one would do the things shown on this record. Talia wasn't personally familiar with this recording. No one except the AIs could possibly be expected to have watched all of the trillions of millennia of data humanity had produced. She brought up the disc to the screen and played in preview of the record. Campy music accompanied an explosion and then the screen punched through a metal wall. Tornado Hunters, living life on the edge. Dramatic pause. Last time on Tornado Hunters, a group spotted a tornado touching down in rural Wisconsin, but all was not well. Even longer, dramatic pause, while the video played a recap of what appeared to be a tree falling across the road. She noted that when the tree fell, it seemed as though the camera was moving away from the tree. That meant that the tree had been behind the vehicle with the camera. Reality TV was such a garbage package. Luckily, the crew managed to find a way around the wreckage and attempted to intersect the tornado. Here, the film jump cut to a massive tornado ripping apart a town, which was clearly in a different location than the original footage since there were suddenly no trees or forest, just flat plains filled with corn. Then it jumped back to the one of the show's actors. Oh my god, never seen a tornado that large. Back up, back up, back up. The camera jumped an angle and heavily armored vehicles backing down the road, and she wondered where the fallen tree had gotten off to since it wasn't there anymore. She also wondered who was filming this retreating convoy if the tornado was that close. Thankfully, the team got out of the path of the tornado, but this week, things might not go so well. The film cut to a view of the front of the vehicle as it drove towards a massive tornado, accompanied by the sound of a bunch of panicked yelling. Talia rolled her eyes. Aliens had a weird fascination with garbage television drama from Sol. Seems fairly standard to me. May I ask what got you upset? The Giblin turned slightly pink, and Talia realized that it was apparently quite angry about something. The Giblin began screeching in a range of sound human ears couldn't even process. I want to know what kind of operation you are running here. How is anyone supposed to believe this nonsense of factual historical record of human behavior? This is clearly a pro-human propaganda supporting the myth that you bipeds are suicidally reckless. I don't buy it for a minute. Talia was confused. More often than not, aliens took issue with the nuclear weapons Sol inhabitants had used to wipe out masses amounts of life and poison the very fabric of existence. If not that, they took issue with how humans had treated the first artificial intelligences they accidentally created. If not that, they took issue with humans presuming to be a moral police force within their arm of the galaxy spiral. If not that, they took issue with the fact humans had been allowed to join the Intergalactic Union and made fantastic soldiers. Excuse me, can you just tell me exactly which part of the record upset you so I can try and analyze the issue? The Giblin turned fuchsia. At the 28-minute mark, they're supposed to be humans behave incredibly irrationally, and there is no reasonable explanation for their actions. I've seen my fair share of falsified video recordings. This is definitely one of those. Talia called up the 28-minute mark in the video and muted the audio. Reality TV didn't need to be heard. She watched as the lead vehicle of the convoy sped towards the outer wall of the tornado, and the conveyance resembled an old 4x4-style gas-powered vehicle except this one had steel plates welded over with unnecessarily large weld marks. 
The vehicle hit the wall of the tornado and vanished, and then, several seconds later, it was jettisoned from the tornado almost a hundred feet in the air. The vehicle plummeted towards the earth and then several bursts of gas, of gas realigned it so that the wheels faced the ground, and the vehicle landed surprisingly intact. Talia realized that this must have been a period where the humanity had just discovered momentum dampeners, because the novelty would have quickly worn off and not been worth all the idiotic overproduction otherwise. She widened her eyes and dropped her chin towards Giblin. Sure sign of, uh, yeah, that's true, amongst the humans. This record is accurate. I don't see any signs of tampering. Who the hell is supposed to believe someone would drive into a weather disaster? The translator didn't have the right term for what the Giblin called tornadoes, but it was essentially the wind that ends lives. Talia shrugged and said, that's fairly tame compared to the what the humans came up with in the later half of the third millennium of Sol. You haven't watched scuba diving inside a live volcano, I take it. End of story. And that, my friends, is the end of the video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you wish to support the author, check the links down below for the original link. But if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways listed down below, but the easiest would be to share this with as many people as possible to help the channel grow. And I will see you all in the next video, and until then, I hope you all have a good one. Cheers.